Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. A bit tardy getting the episode out here today for CryptoTalk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. My name is Leister. Welcome if you're new and welcome back if you're not new. And the reason for the, the tardiness is actually good because something significant happened. And I'm going to talk about the significance of this event, but the reason for the tardiness as a personal update, it was medication related. So I took some medication because I had a, a physical deal and the medication knocked me out like I've never been knocked out before. And I didn't expect it to knock me out. Normally the only thing that knocks me out to that degree is something on the sweet side. You know, like if I eat something that's like cake or cookies or something, but this was different. It just completely knocked me out. It also could have been my blanket because I have one of those weighted blankets. Shout out to that, by the way. But I have a weighted blanket, and so it's possible that that played a factor. But I think it really was the medic, the medicine that I took. So that put me to sleep for a bit. I needed the sleep. Seems like my physical deal is recovering. It's nowhere near as bad as it was uh, two days ago. So I guess thumbs up for that. Let's dig right in this. And I'm jumping straight to numbers. We don't need a transition because we got some stuff to talk about. If you notice the past couple of days, we started getting a run up. It was a brief run up. It didn't last very long because as I record this, we started to go back down, trending somewhat in the downward direction. I'm going to dig into that a bit here in a second. But we got, we had a run up and Ethereum in particular had a pretty strong run ever so recently where a lot of these other secondary tokens that are paired with Ethereum started to benefit from it, which I'll get to here in a second. But looking at Ethereum now, I zoom out to the month chart. Again, I'm using Coindesk.com if you want to follow along. And I zoom out to the month chart and I see Ethereum had a low of 1828 and a high of 1957. 5% shift. This is a volatile. It doesn't seem like it, but it is. It's a, it's a wide because it hasn't been this wide in a long time. It hasn't been to the degree of a little bit over, a little bit under 10% difference over the 24 hours. We have not seen that in a long time. Usually it was down to like $20, $30, 50 bucks, nowhere near what I'm seeing now. And so when I checked over to 
Bitcoin, just to kind of sanity check, Bitcoin has a low of 29.7, high of 31.4. Again, significant shift over $1,000, roughly about $1,500. So I'm looking at this and saying, that means that stuff's moving. When I looked deeper, I saw that the total market cap, so we're talking across all cryptocurrency, the total market cap had some money flow out of it. I think it was to the tune of like, I don't know, like $500 million or something. It was a lot because the total was up at $1.21 trillion total. And then when I looked at it the other day, it was down to $1.16 trillion, which told me that there was a lot that flew out roughly about 4% as I record this, 4% down from that peak. Now it's at 1.18, but that's still much lower. That means money flew out of cryptocurrency overall. So that meant that, okay, there wasn't anything specific in any one targeted, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum per se. It just seems like overall there was just a, a loss of some of the money in cryptocurrency. And there's a couple of things I think may have played a factor. I don't know for a fact couple things that might have played a factor that I'll talk about here momentarily. The last thing I'm going to be covering here is around this concept of HOLO, H-O-L-O, which is a hashtag that I invented on Twitter. And I'm going to dig into why I think HOLO is much more important to pay attention to around people's actions and sentiment. It's related to sentiment. And I'll talk about what it means here in a moment. Let me get through the rest of my highlights and spotlights here. So this eight yachts, broke eight yacht club, whatever, NFT related. And if you've heard me, you've heard me say, I'm not, I, I am not, I'm not sold, have not been. And I just don't, I'm not sold on NFTs and I've not been sold on NFTs. There have been a couple that caught my eye. The only one that I think stood out in the crowd, it's also having some issues from what it initially promised through no fault of its own, but it's it's nowhere, it's not going to be able to offer what it did before. But when I saw what happened to it, all of a sudden, I got to thinking, okay, maybe there's something to this and this is going to have a domino effect. That was when I recorded, it was last year, I recorded an episode where I did an analysis about ETH jets and I did, I talked about it and I saw, okay, there were some shifts in the, the benefits that they offered as a holder of the NFT. And I am a holder of one of the ETH jets NFTs. And I don't use it. It was more to support them, number one. And number two, I wanted to watch and see where they were going to go with it. And then I saw some announcements of one of our members in the triad, Frantic, shout out to him, brought to attention that there, were, there was changes to the card and apparently they were going to move to, they were partnering with some other thing allegedly, but some of the benefits were being lost. And that started to concern me only because, again, the benefits that they presented up front, I thought was amazing. And I didn't see a reason why they would shift away from the benefits that were being offered. And so I haven't dug into it any further, but when I did the analysis back then, I speculated that some of these other ones that offer perks along with the NFTs might have similar issues if there's something from a legality perspective that's related to this. So when I look, I've never followed the Board 8 Yacht Club NFTs, but I do know for a fact, they were grossly overpriced. That much I do know. Well, recently people were doing analysis and they were seeing, and, and a lot of celebrities are in this garbage, but recently people did analysis and they saw the value of these started to decline over time. So when we look at declines, there's this concept in cryptocurrency, also in finance, but in cryptocurrency, there's this concept of a floor price, a base What's the lowest possible price that something is being traded at or could be traded at 
based on a variety of factors, including inventory, supply, and demand. So the at a point, when we were looking at the floor price for this garbage, for this Board Ape Yacht Clubs, they saw that the floor price for this was well over 150 ETH. So that's a lot of money when you're thinking about 2022 numbers. That's a lot of money. 150 ETH base now looking around 27-ish ETH for the floor. We're talking the lowest possible price. Well, why? If it's, if it's, if it's truly what it is, if it's truly the value that it proposes, let's say, then what is it that's causing some of this? First of all is sentiment. Some of it's sentiment related, and I believe that sentiment has played a strong factor in a lot of decline of cryptocurrencies and NFTs over the past year or so. But sentiment specifically for this one, there may be a bit of jealousy, possibly, because again, there's a lot of celebrities in this one and it's that high level, you know, you're sitting up on a pedestal kind of pricing. Could be that. Could be simply that people think it's garbage art, like myself. Could be that people are looking at it saying, this, this is a waste of time. I don't know, but I am saying that there is certainly a sentiment situation. Um, I, I believe that people have, have not just this, but overall with NFTs, I think sentiment has shifted away from the positive and they've gone to the negative. Also, certain of the celebrities, certain of the celebrities have started to, I don't want to say YOLO into them, but they've started to dominate. Because remember, NFTs was never at a point, was never about celebrity and celebrity pitch or any of that kind of stuff. It was kind of this, you know, like trading cards, right? And you looked for collectible items, you looked for collectible arts, you looked for things that was worth. And then it turned into this, major celebrity celebrities almost took over nfts not because they're any really good at it but just because they were trying to get on the bandwagon because they wanted to stay in the mainstream and i am going to call out some names and i'm not attacking them because they are who they are but if we think about paris hilton paris hilton gets in nfts and initially it's about okay it's cute art and this and that and the other and then all of a sudden she's going and doing all a bunch of stuff paris hilton is one of the few who had the wherewithal to get into Bitcoin way back when Bitcoin was at the rock bottom prices and got money off and made really good money off of it. So I'm not trashing on her involvement in cryptocurrency. I'm saying that she's one of those that when NFTs started to get a little bit more hot and heavy, she got in the front of the promotion of it to where it became kind of the celebrity thing to do with some of these that were pushing them higher and higher and higher. That's her right but I think it turned people off. I think it sentiment got harmed and it all of a sudden became an issue because people were seeing, okay, these celebrities are basically taking this thing over and it's no longer kind of this community thing that we started. It's been dominated and the, and the narrative has been dominated. I, I don't know hundred percent and I'm not again, trashing her or any other celebrity. I mean, there's some celebrities that clearly, right? Like Kim Kardashian, but I'm saying that in general, I do think that, this, the sentiment around the perception of NFTs and them being taken over by celebrities may have played a factor in this business, which ties to the second part of it, which is the marketing around this board Ape Yacht Club business. This was being heavily, this was all over the place. This was all over the place. This was on mainstream news, mainstream media. It was all over the web. This was being shoved down people's faces. And if you've heard me, I've said for certain, you know, cryptocurrencies, if it's getting too much hype on social media, I'm likely not going to cover it, which is why I had not covered 
Board Ape Yacht Club because there's too much hype around it and I wanted it to die down. I understand conceptually what it does and there may be value to people out there listening. I didn't feel like it was worth because it was too much hype. It was too much. So that's died down somewhat, but it still has this pitch high. <laughs> and so I'm, I look at it now of this decline of the numbers because that's intriguing. And when we see that there's a decline of numbers in one corner, it may tell us that there's going to be a decline of numbers on another corner. So it's good analysis for us to pay attention to. I still have not done any coverage on it because it's still getting somewhat of a hype on social media and I'm watching and waiting to see what people are going to do with it. So most recently, we saw a bunch of these celebrities and even some of these organizations that were holding some of this were starting to dump some of these board ape NFTs, not because they didn't want to hold them, but because a lot of these organizations in particular just need the money. They need the money to pay off debts and all this kind of stuff. So that was causing some downward pressure. As you see some of these sales happening, it lowers the floor price because then ultimately everybody else starts, you know, it's a trend just like crypto. It trends down. Others people think they need to sell out because they're afraid. Some people hold the line. I think, I think my opinion, some celebrities are going to start selling theirs as well. Not because they need the money, but because they think the, the bus ride is over. We'll see how that works. The most notable one that I can remember on this business was Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, he was the he was one of the ones that he got the most coverage of being involved in it. And when when he got in, I think the value of it skyrocketed because of his involvement. I think that some of his followers bought in because of him. And I think that when it tanked, some of them might have looked at it as his fault, and it's not. I think it's one of those things where if you're gonna be in something, be in it because you like it, be in it because you appreciate it. But when you're out there and you're doing these things like marketing things and TV things and all that stuff, how is that any different from a shill pump and dump? Uh, effectively, some of them certainly didn't dump, but the excessive shill is the same thing we saw with Squid Game, is the same thing we saw with Ethereum Max, where at least the presentation is, it's like a pump and dump, a shill. You're shilling it to be a pump and dump. That may be playing in the factor. If you're in Board Ape Yacht Club, I'm not telling you what to do with it. I can't say because I haven't looked at that deep level analysis. I will say I see that it had some sort of thing that it offered for people and it had some appeal. My beef against NFTs has always been, number one, I think people are tired of them. And number two, more importantly, NFTs at a point was more about trading, right? It's like, like the trading cards of yesteryear where you were looking for something that was unique where you could hold something that was truly unique, but the this one's uniqueness was really about its price. It really was about this, this like Dolce & Gabbana. It's like this idea that it must be lucrative and it must be valuable. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying that that was really what's pitch is this has to be this great level thing. And so that no problem, but you have to also be careful with it too. You have to be careful of what's going to happen when that, when that uh, luster wears off and the newness dies down. So be careful out there if you are a board ape yacht club holder. Be careful out there because we don't know what it's going to hold when the floor price goes that far down. We don't know what it means. We don't know if it means that there's a significant loss. And so judge accordingly. Be smart about it. Some other pieces that I think contributed to some of the negative price movement recently. Binance, I'm talking Binance.com, had some major level departures on its C-level. Apparently, this is not proven, but apparently 
These were people that left connected to the SEC and the Department of Justice and everybody that's trying to investigate Binance where they left on their own. Like they felt like, you know, I, I don't want this smoke. I could get out of here. CZ Binance confirmed that, yes, there were some departures, but that the reason was not really true, that ultimately things happen, the market shifts, there's some turnover. It's ironic that he came out to respond to the departures. It's ironic that he made an effort to speak directly to it because although he does tend to go on social media and respond, this was unique in putting out this kind of a statement to denounce the reason for these departures. That seems to tell me that the reason for the departures is probably somewhere close. One of the departures came out and said, no, this was, it was fine. There was no negative anything. I just wanted to move on to the next challenge. I believe this person. So I believe that, yes, they wanted to move on to the next challenge because they didn't want that smoke. They, you know, they didn't want that smoke. And so it's time for me to get the hell out of here to go on to the new challenge. And I 100% support if that was truly their, their impetus. They're getting out of the way. I support that. That's nothing negative about Binance. They do whatever. I am saying that I'm supportive of those people who make the right decision. I've talked about it before. When you have a job, you should never feel like you're, that you have to stay there or that you're beholden to them. And you should always feel like you should leave if it's not working out for you. And I'm just saying that in this case, I think it's because they didn't want that smoke. So Elon Musk, you've heard chatter. There's this whole X. If you didn't know backstory, I won't spend too much because I'm going to wrap up here. But X.com was a bank that was a fin. It was one of the first fintech banks way back yonder. So we're talking, geez, that was in the early 2000s, I believe. A fintech company, X.com. And it, it basically was giving you banking services. And it was pretty cool. This is, this is at a time when eBay was running hot. Like eBay was at the peak. It was the, it was the go-to. People were crap because... We would go there for like older video games and you could find pretty much anything there. It wasn't the major conglomerate. It would come. It was really kind of personal, kind of peer to peer. So X.com was a great way to get a banking account if you didn't have one or you wanted to stay somewhat safe. Later, PayPal buys X.com and then they create their own payment deal out of it, which is what we now know as PayPal. But it changed. They created a partnership with eBay and then they eBay for a period of time forced you to use their payment service, which was crap. They eventually went away from it. But the point is at the time, this whole thing with X.com, which you didn't know Elon Musk was involved with X.com. Elon Musk still owned the domain for X.com. He held on to it. Recently, there was chatter that Elon was either going to rebrand or possibly spin up a new deal for x.com at least in some form and so he's been adding things like a money transmitter license he built a new subsidiary for payments around twitter and now it's been talking about we are trying to somehow integrate payment processing into twitter so you think about the whole eight, you know eight dollars for paying for twitter blue also this is an extension to okay now we want to make sure that we can also process payments with using the Twitter brand and people, but also somehow connecting to cryptocurrency. He's trying to do some big things with this. This is off the backs of struggling to get money to recoup the money he had to spend to buy the damn thing. And of course, he's no longer CEO, but he's on the board and he's still pushing for these changes. This got people's eyes on it because they were wondering, what the hell does 
payments have to do with Twitter. I'm going to share my thoughts. I just wanted to share that this is a thing. It's not a joke. It's not a rib. It wasn't able, you know, it's a real thing that he's trying to do. We don't know what it's going to end up being, but it's based on the old X and the concept of payment processing and fintech and all that stuff. And that cryptocurrency is involved. My thoughts are this. I believe that Jack and those of his ilk ruined Twitter. I believe that because I remember what Twitter was. I was never on Twitter on a heavy degree, but I remember what it was. They ruined Twitter because they bowed down to ESG. They bowed down to corporations who forced Twitter to basically apply these principles and force them upon people. That's what happened. When Elon came in, I did see a marked improvement in Twitter. Some didn't. I did. The improvement that I saw was around, there's, there are certainly bots still there, but there are less of them. They have less impact, what I can tell. And most importantly, to me at least, there's the, everything's calmed down. You're no longer censored for saying certain things. You're no longer blocked for saying certain things. And it feels like communication is back to normal, quote unquote. I think navigation is still stupid. I think the interface is still horrible. I think it's over complex. There's like when you need to block somebody, forcing you to seven layers of a thing is stupid. It's got its issues, but I think it's better than what it was in my opinion anyway. And so this payment processing gives them another thing to hook into. Whether they'll get adoption on it's a whole different thing, but if they're able to integrate it with cryptocurrency, I can't think of a better conduit besides Discord where you could integrate the two because obviously Twitter is one of the main places you can go to chat about cryptocurrency other than anything else, Discord being one of the others. If we can get to that point, we might be able to entice people to finally drop Telescam because at that point, we'll be able to do things that, you know, every, every and anything that Telescam can do, we'll be able to do it in Twitter. We can do the alerts. We can do the updates. We can do and then payment processing. We can do all sorts of stuff to hopefully get rid of Telescam. Is Telescam going to go away? No. Are they going to stop using Telescam? No. I'm saying that it's a step in the right direction to hopefully get away from Telescam. Like, if it were me, I would want to figure out how to get Discord to do all the features that Telescam does to entice people to get away from Telescam so that we get into something that's mainstream, that's outside of the bubble, that people are aware of, because that's going to entice more money into cryptocurrency. As I said earlier, we lost a lot of money out of cryptocurrency. We need to get more money in, new money. We still haven't done that. And the reason, I believe, is because we need mainstream technologies. We need to get away from Telescam because if you notice, every single one of these cryptocurrencies that hook their head into Telescam seems to eventually fail or cheat you or screw you in some way, whether to their fault or not, but that seems like what's happening. All the way even to Volt recently that's had some major issues, Telescam seems to be just the bane of existence. I don't know why. Last point I'll make, Holo. I talked about Holo. Holo. I say, refers to hold out, left out. Hold out, we know what that means. You're waiting for something. Left out means something obvious. It means I was left out of the party. I didn't get to jump on the bandwagon, or I chose not to, but usually it was, I, I, I missed it. I just totally missed it. So it's a polar opposite, right, of FOMO, because in FOMO, you're afraid to miss out, so you act. In HOLO, you just hold and wait for whatever reason. Could be fear, could be I'm broke, could be whatever, and you're left behind. You're missing out on these opportunities. 
there is a there's a, a split down the middle. There's a war brewing. I, I don't want to say war, but it is in influencer land out there because they're split down the middle. The influencers have shifted. We're, we're no longer seeing the same unity that we once saw in you know, tw- late 2021, early 2022. It's a, it's a different world. And it's bizarro land, folks, because these, <laughs> I used to watch and see certain of the influencers and they were on the same page with what they believed, which is great. And they would, they would promote the same things for the same reasons. And then all of a sudden we shifted to where certain influencers are a lot more serious about their coverage. Certain influencers are focused, what I believe is in the right direction that they should have been all along. Certain influencers are trying hard not to promote cryptocurrencies that are prone to failure. Here's where I slightly dissect this out as bizarre, right? And it ties to this whole little concept. Uh, we got Pepe, right? We got Pepe 2, we got Floki 2, we got Safe Moon 2, we got Doge 2. All of these different twos popped up out of nowhere. Of them, very few are of any value. Pepe has held its, reasonably held its value pretty well. People have stayed in it, I would say, pretty darn good. It's, it's not anywhere close to SHIB, but it has held its value pretty darn well. You haven't seen significant dumps. And I think most people realize with Pepe at least, something's got to change, something's got to happen. And it's going to be based on Ethereum's run. When Pepe 2 comes out, Pepe 2, I've never seen this level of separation amongst the influencers. It's weird because you got certain ones that swear, they swear up and down. It's a pump and dump scam that's not worth your time. Some of them even said, it's, it's going to rug pull you straight up. Now, I'm not doing any coverage on Pepe 2 because it's, it's just a whatever. But I am saying this, and this is full disclosure, folks. This is the first time you've ever heard me go this route, but I think it's important. I, have, I put a little bit of money in projects when I do, when I watch them, when I watch where it's going, when I kind of get a sense of it. So, you know, I'm sure I've got like a dollar of, Cold down, maybe a dollar of, you know, Seifu somewhere in some wallet just because I use it to watch what's going on with the price movement with zero risk or very little risk. So I did put a little bit of money in some of these projects like uh, Libero, great example. I put a little bit when it launched and I made the profits on the way out and it was good. Libera, same thing. Uh, Thorium, same thing. I've just, that's been my pattern. It's never been that I I've never said I'm going all in on any one token project. There's, it's spread out. There are some where I'll put a little bit more in because I'm more confident, right? So like AVAX, sure, Cardano, sure, they, the, more, the main coins, because I think they can never steer you wrong, no matter what. That's just been a strategy of mine. With Pepe, it was different because I watched it and I saw it seems to be holding value reasonably well. If nothing else, it's holding value reasonably well. And its volatility is not anywhere near some of these other ones. Okay, that's intriguing to me. And I talked about where there could be something here where it might catch up to SHIB at some point. It might be able to take SHIB's holders because it's all, that's how people do. They shift money from one to another. Well, that's intriguing to me as well because if I look at the price, current price of Pepe, talking the main one, it's pretty darn close to where SHIB ended up. 
and Shiv is trending down. So now you get to this point where, okay, Pepe could hit that point. And if Pepe hits that point, what does that mean for exchange listings? What does that mean for everything else? Now, Pepe doesn't do anything just like with Shiv. Uh, Shiv has Shibarium that's launching, I think, in August or something, sure. But for years, Shiv didn't do anything, really. Okay, now this comes, this creates competition. And since I know people are shifting money around different projects, we're not getting new money. That means that something could gut on the ship side and go to Pepe. So I watch it and I say, I'm going to toss a little bit more money at this and just let it sit there. Throw away money that I don't really care about. So I toss a little money at Pepe to see what would happen. And I made a little bit of profit off of it. And then the rest just sits there. When Pepe 2 came out, it launched, I want to say, with eight zeros in front of it. Some guy put 900 bucks in this thing. And it dropped zeros like it did. And then it, he got like 170 grand off this. Okay. I didn't get in that early because I figured whatever. But I watched Pepe 2 and I noticed something different here. First of all, it's got the buy and sell tax. It's got a 1% buy tax and a 1% sell tax. Okay. I saw the message, which was, there were some things done wrong with Pepe's launch. It was done on the weekend. It was done this. It was da, 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 da. There was blacklisting, which I never like. They're telling the story. So now it's this whole truth. They're dropping truths. And I'm like, okay, there's something with the people behind this, similar to other projects that I had my eye on, where they, they're trying to expose something. And that intrigues me anytime I see it. And I watch price movement, and it's steady upward. There's some drops, there's some sells as expected. I look at liquidity. Liquidity wavers somewhere at the time I looked at it, wavers somewhere between $700,000 and $1.2 million, which is not a lot of liquidity, especially given how much you could hold, right? You could completely dump off the project. So then I do some analysis and I see there's nothing really wrong with the contract. There's nothing really wrong with the code. There's nothing really wrong with the token. Liquidity doesn't seem to be a concern for many of these tools, but there are people out and influencers that call out the liquidity specifically as a concern. I look at the amount compared to the total supply and the circulating supply, and I say, that does seem like a concerning liquidity, but then I look at the holders. And the holders, it's weird. There's, it's clear that there was distribution of tokens at some point prior. There's nothing wrong with this because if you had, you know, you could, as the owner of the token, you can do whatever you want to do, right? And you could send to your buddies and you can do all this other stuff. What am I saying? I'm saying that it doesn't really, like none of it really matters at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if they gave to their buddies before it launched. Guess what? Satama did the same thing. Many of them do the same thing. That's a normal thing. The fact that the liquidity is on the lower end is expected. The damn thing just launched very recently. And it's renounced as I understand it. And I don't see any, I don't see anything else that would tell me Huge red flag, per se. All right, so we're right back to square one, which is what? If you're going to invest in anything, just make sure it's throwaway money because it's all a gamble. Like, all of it is really a gamble. Every last one of them is a gamble. You can't know what's going to happen with any token project. So I tossed a bit of money at Pepe to the tune of about $1,000. For me, that's throwaway money. I'm not advocating that you do that amount. For me, that's throwaway money. Because I want to see, I'm testing this. I want to see, and I know it's money that's throwaway. And I know it's money that I can, if I lose it, who cares? It's a, it's a drop in the bucket for me, but I want to see, I want to see what the heck's going on. 
So I start first with like $100 or something. That lets me watch price movement in kind of a vacuum. Okay, so I see it's going up and it goes up and goes up and goes up. All right, let's toss a few more hundred at it. Goes up, goes up, goes up. Take some profits off that. From the profits now, buy back in after it sells. Goes up, goes up, goes up. It's very similar now to what I should have done with Liberal and didn't. But I eventually get to my thousand or at the time, it's like 10, it's like 16 billion of, of this business, Pepe 2. Okay, I don't remember what the dollar amount was. I just know it was 16 billion and some change. Okay, it's going up and it's going up and it's going up. I sell the 6 billion and change. So I get to 10 billion and I say, I'll stick with 10 billion and see what happens. So this 6 billion and change at the time, I think it gave me, I don't know, 700 bucks or something, some number. I'm not watching the dollar amount. I'm really watching movement of the price, but not the specifics of the sell because I know this is the tax. So I can't really trust the numbers. Okay, so I sell that. All right, it's going up and it's going up and it's going up. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, this is kind of fun. So I, then I sell 2 billion. And mind you, Uniswap during this time was starting to have issues. It was starting to piss me off. I'm like, all right, I'm done with you. You're pissing me off. So I go to Rich Quack and their Quack X, which I love that tool, richquack.com slash X. And you can do the exchange without connecting your wallet. And they support these different tokens. So I go there, 2 billion pep, uh, Pepe 2, and I decide, okay, so this is an opportunity. Let me go ahead and sell this, but I'll send it instead of going to like Ethereum or something, I'll send it straight to BNB because I need more BNB anyway. So I do the 2 billion, transfer it to BNB, great. So now I'm down to 8 billion. It's going up, it's going up, it's going up. All right, cool. Let's take some more profits again. <laughs> so I, I say, all right, let's do another 2 billion. And this time we'll send it to Phantom, the actual Phantom coin. Do that. It's going up, it's going up, and it's going up. And then I'm saying, okay, I'm down to 6 billion. Let me do a 1 billion, just 1 billion, and I'll send that to something else. I forgot what it was that I got, but send it to something else. And then I'll hold the rest of it. Now, so this is all now as of yesterday, late yesterday. So now I dial in. And I noticed that everything's tanking, mostly driven off of what I talked about earlier with Ethereum and Bitcoin. So I was able to get under the, the gun of the drops. And if I look back at the total that I was able to, the wallet total amounts, obviously everything's down. But when I look at the profit that was taken over time and I didn't go to stable coins, I was able to easily, easily made the thousand back that I put in it in nothing but raw profits. And I still have the $1,000 worth sitting. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a lot of money. And I was able to take the profits and invest them into other coins that are guaranteed to go up when this recovers. Now I'm flipping it. I'm like, okay, I don't need to even care about Pepe 2 or Pepe 1 or any of the other ones. I don't need to care about them. I can use them as a means to an end, which is a different strategy than I've ever done. I can use their profit potential to use that money to get into the other projects that I want to buy into without any significant investment additional from, you know, my main cash flow. Can I buy in off the main cash flow? Absolutely. But I got thinking, well, why? Why need to do that? If you're dealing with a project, any project, and this is my close message to you, if you find any project that's making you enough profit and you're studious about taking that profit and you can use it 
to parlay into other stronger projects that you know are going to go up. I'm talking, you know, they're going to go back up because of the nature of what they are, period. AVAX is going to go back up. Phantom's going to go back up. Solana's going to go back up. Cardano's going to go back up. XRP is going to go back up. Ethereum's going to go back up. Binance is going to go back up. Litecoin is going to go. They're all going to go back up. So if you can take and let these guys generate wealth for you, even albeit temporarily, and you parlay it over here, now the game changes in, in what we're dealing with now, this, this minor volatility that we're dealing with now. The game changes because you're, you're benefiting from the dips that's happening right now when this other one is going up crazy for whatever the hell reason. You're benefiting from that, leveraging that profit potential and using it to make you more money in the future and print more in the future. That's huge. That's that's hot, as they say, in the, as the kids say. So that I just shared with you is the reason everything, this influencer back and forth was bizarre to me because it feels like they've lost sight. Some of them have lost sight of the prize. They've lost sight of what really matters, which is weird because almost all of them to a T. I, I know are brilliant people, I said almost, are brilliant people. And so that they would not have thought of it that way is mind-boggling to me because that's kind of always been the fundamental. Now, the the out, what you do with the profits, I think is where people disagree because some of them are going to just stable it, stable coin, stable coin, stable coin, stable coin. That's cool. And that's a great strategy. If that makes sense to you, I'm not telling you where to go with the money. I'm not even telling you where to take the money from. I'm saying that if you if you find something that's making you money, whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be cryptocurrency. If you find something that's making you extra money and you can parlay that extra money into other things that's going to make you money and compound to multiple different things, think about that. That's huge, especially if it's something that has a significant up potential. Solana is a great example of something that has strong up potential. It I can't see a reason where Solana doesn't get back up into the hundreds. As an example, we just don't know when. Well, if you have something right now that can let you buy in with pretty much little to nothing out of pocket, because it's just this over here is generating some wealth for you, whatever that is, I'm thinking that's huge. And then you can take profits from everything else and repeat the process over and over again until you get to where you want to go. You obviously want to stabilize from a foundational perspective, your portfolio with certain level of, you know, whether that's fiat or if it's stable coin, I would use fiat. So you do want to have a base. You do want to make sure, as I said, not you're not YOLOing into things. You're not going all in on stuff. You're not throwing every last dollar at it. But diversity is key. Profit and using it and re reusing it to make more money, I think is key. And at some point, you'll get to where it just money starts working for you, especially if you can automate some of the process. That's hard in the decent world, believe it or not. Nobody's ever solved that problem of being able to fully automate what we're talking about end to end. Nobody's ever been able to solve that. Hopefully we get there. I just don't think that it's going to be in the quick or in the near future. But I figured I would share what my experience was because it doesn't change what I've said. Crap is crap. But also money is money. And anything that's a profit opportunity, there's nothing wrong with it. Just make sure it's money you can afford to lose because it's going to be a gamble until you prove it out. And at some point later, if you do get the money, just make sure you make that money work for you. Put it into something else that's going to make you more money, right? And it's, it's a cycle. 
And in some cases, it's work, right? In some cases, it's like, I don't spend a lot of time looking at my portfolio. So I'm talking not even just crypto, but overall, I don't spend a lot of time looking at it. They're just kind of there. And I check in every now and then to make sure they didn't completely blow up. But I don't spend a lot of time staring at them. I make sure I'm in the right things. I make sure that they're giving me strong profit potentials. But just the analysis necessary to make sure that you don't lose a lot of money takes, you know, you really got to pay attention to it. And it doesn't matter if somebody swears something is a waste of time. People, I'm sure, said that about Apple stock at one point. People, I'm sure, said that about NVIDIA stock at some point. These are the ones where they're they're going off their they're going off their their emotions. They're not going off anything that's fundamental. They're going off their emotions and they're just throwing something out there that may or may not make sense for you and the way that you trade and your tolerance for risk. Because at the end of the day, it's all about risk. All of it, everything. It's all about risk. If you accept the risk of it, there's nothing wrong with going forward. The key is. Somebody else cannot determine the risk for you. They can give you warning signs. They can give you measurements. They can give you numbers. It's up to you to determine if it's going to make sense for you. And I want you to be confident in any decision that you make, irrespective of what an influencer might tell you doesn't make sense. You need to gauge it yourself. Because if you listen to them and only them, and that includes myself, you might end up losing out on something that could be life-changing for you. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that will say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.